0: Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that is sad to report that upon further research, it appears as though Brett Michaels, the lead singer of seminal 80s hair metal band Poison, was not a magician in Branson. The name we were looking for was Brett Daniels.
1: You know, I stand by it being Brett Michaels. I'm not going to back down from that. So I don't appreciate that. And I will not agree. <laughs> it, it
0: would have made for a much better show, I imagine, as as a magic show. Yeah. Not as a well, podcast,
1: but as a magic <laughs> show. Um,
0: although I do think that uh, we would have a much riper future being that, then we could discuss both poison, the band, and magic shows on yeah. this podcast moving yeah. forward.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, that
0: door just slammed shut on us, unfortunately. Sorry, folks. <laughs> sorry to disappoint you like I was disappointed. Uh, yeah. Greg, like I'll be I honest. Uh, I could not stop thinking about this whole Brett Michaels, Brett Daniels thing uh, yeah. since our last episode. Uh, And usually I boil this segment down to one question And I couldn't Because I was so wrapped up in my feelings about this So you can decide Which of these two questions you can answer Yeah Greg what is your favorite magic trick (laughs) Or Which is your favorite hair metal band
1: Either of those
0: very relevant to library topics you have to discuss.
1: I'm sure people are reaching for the uh, volume to hear my answer.
0: Turn it up, hear my answer. They're pausing to to make sure that the room is quiet, that they're all good
1: to go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to answer the magic trick one because believe it or not, I know very little about air metal bands. I do not believe it. Oh, come on. Don't even pretend. Uh, and I'm going to go with the classic, which is Rabbit Out of the Hat. I just, you can't beat it. It's like an ice cream sundae. It's a classic for a reason.
0: I If you went to some type of, like, the Fox Theater sometimes has, like, these traveling magic shows, these major, like, huge staging magic shows. Yeah. And a guy walked out and just did Hat. Rabbit (laughs) left. Would you
1: feel satisfied with the eighty dollars you spent on that? Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it is a classic for a reason, and I'm going to stand by that. Now, what about about, you? Are you going to answer one of these questions, or is it just? (laughs) Yeah,
0: sure. Uh, I just want to say, more impressive if it comes out of a baseball hat. If you come out in a top hat and pull out a rabbit that we all know could fit in that hat, that's fine. If you come out in a Cardinals hat. And somehow you jammed a rabbit in there magically. Oh, uh, that I that I'm with you. That is very impressive. Um, I'll go the other direction. Uh, I will. I you know I know a lot of people are thinking I'm going to say Motley Crue. Uh, certainly from our previous work on this podcast, Poison is the obvious choice. Well, right. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with uh the rarely mentioned at the levels of a White Snake, uh, <laughs> or any of these other. Uh, I was going to just start naming other hair metal bands, but I don't want to do that right now. That's for a future podcast. Save that. Yeah. Save your um, best material. Yeah. I'm going to go with Quiet Riot. Uh, okay. The band that brought us Come On, Feel the Noise. Uh, that song holds a special place in my heart. Uh, and I imagine our audience crosses over significantly yeah. with people who were big fans and season ticket holders of the St. Louis Rams During their Super Bowl run heydays in the late 90s and early 2000s. The Kurt Uh, Warner days, as I call them. Yeah. And that song, Come on, Feel the Noise, played at least 27 times a game for all of that Super Bowl winning season. Uh, So that'll always hold a special place in my heart. Yeah.
1: That's great. I was just impressed I remembered who Kurt Warner was. So I feel like I met you halfway on that conversation. I appreciate that. You
0: were always more of a Trent Green guy. You thought that his preseason injury really robbed him (laughs) uh, of his future. St. Louis' own Trent Green
1: St. Louis' own
0: track. He is. He's from St. Louis. There's a big comeback for
1: him. I can't. I, Come
0: on. Don't, don't pretend Lewis. like you don't know this. I'm going to
1: read the next part of our script. We're moving on. <laughs> so what are you reading? So Dan, tell us, what are you reading?
0: Uh, okay, I am reading <clears throat> Run and Hide, How Jewish Youth Escaped the Holocaust by Don Brown. Um, This is a graphic novel that came out this year Uh, by prolific non-fiction graphic novel uh, writer and artist Don Brown. Uh, in fact, it's his second of this year. Uh, previously this year, he uh, put out 83 Days in Mariupol, mm-hmm. I think is how you pronounce that, uh, which is a, a war diary that focuses on the siege of Mariupol, Ukraine, oh, wow. uh, from February 22nd to May 22nd. Um, wow. Or sorry, February, February 22 to May of 22. Sorry, I read my own note wrong. This guy writes a lot of really good uh, graphic nonfiction. He has something about um, the fall of the towers. He has something about uh, Hurricane Katrina. Um, he has a thing about Syrian refugees. Yeah. Um, just th- these are these two books. I read these both this year for my uh, Denny O'Neill committee yeah. uh, assignments. And I immediately was like, well, I'm going to buy both of these because these are great. These are must haves. Uh, I would say at a high school or middle school library, um, just stories that you don't know um, as much as you think you might, um, and just really well researched and and done. So yeah, Don Brown. If you don't know the name, uh, check
1: his stuff out. I uh, I was not familiar with that, so I'm glad you ta- told us about that. I I imagine we have something by him, so I'm gonna go take a look on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's and he has at least three or four other books
0: out and I, I maybe don't have all of them yeah. uh, in my world, but they are ones that I've always seen and been like, I'm happy that we have these cause they're really well-made, yeah. but I haven't read all of them. Yeah. Um, And when I, when I saw these kind of come across my path this year, I'm like, well, that sounds like it's very different from the other things that I'm reading for young adult graphic novels. Right. So man, really, really uh engaging and affecting oh cool Uh, really good stuff. yeah that sounds
1: great i'll be interested to look at that greg what are you reading i just finished stephen king's fairy tale so it is that's one of his newer ones it is exactly what it sounds like (laughs) it kind of (laughs) is it it, it's like a lot of his stuff especially his newer stuff it's a portal fantasy right so this teenager it ends up in this situation where he's helping an old man who fell and broke his leg or something. And when the old man dies, he leaves um, everything to this teenager. And then, along with this kind of explanation of this hidden staircase on his property that leads down to another world. And like when he gets in there, it kind of plays with this idea of like, you know, the super myth, you know, kind of Campbell stuff, you know, where there's like a lot of fairy tale archetypes being played out. And, okay. uh, You know, I, I don't like everything by Stephen King and I certainly don't like all of his new stuff, but this one was really good. It's just, it hits all of the elements of a fairy tale story structure, but for a teenager in the modern world, there are a couple parts that made me laugh. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot Stephen King's like 80 or something because he's like, (laughs) at one point he like talks about how this teenager who's, it's like, I think it's in like 2020 or something like that. I mean, it's set relatively recently. Uh, goes with his friends to play video games at the truck stop. And I'm like, I, that what? no one's been doing that since like the 80s. Like no. it's not even like...
0: Maybe going to do like casino, the like uh, the gambling machines or something at yeah, the truck yeah. stop. Yeah, well, anyway. We'll see if we can get <laughs> Mr. King
1: on here to explain oh. that. We'll work I, on that. That's yeah. going to be a big one. That'll that's be our invitation. second biggest get. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, <laughs>
1: but it's a great book. And there's no content concerns. It's really... Um, just really a good read. So recommended yep. for your library, high school library collections.
0: Yeah, you know, we've got uh a ton of Stephen King in both libraries and it gets checked out re- all of it gets yeah, checked I out think regularly. Ours, same. Um I've read almost nothing by Stephen King. Yeah. It's typically like I'm reading a thousand pages of like psychological horror is not really uh <laughs> the the way that I like to spend my my months. Um, not yet, but I yeah, not yet. That's true. Not yet, um, but uh, I definitely understand the appeal, uh,
1: yeah. and
0: I get that that's a big thing. So I'm glad that there's another one out there uh, that might be something that my students are going to jump all over.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recommended and, for sure. So,
0: all right. Well, let's take a quick break uh, for a commercial, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal Number Two Ninety Four which means it's time for the game that is way too big to fit down a chimney, Do We Know Our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 294, and Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Highlights from this Dewey number include Gods and Goddesses of Ancient India, edited by Tammy Laser; Pearls of Sikhism, no author given. Encyclopedia of Hinduism by Constance A. Jones and James D. Ryan two author names that I definitely would have thought wrote a book about Hinduism. Yeah, oh yes. Prisoners of Shangri-La, Tibetan Buddhism and the West by Donald S. Lopez Jr.
1: Mm-hmm. Greg, Prisoners of Shangri-La just really is evocative. That, yeah, that's the strongest title of the yeah, book, oh, I think, for sure. Yeah. Greg, what's the theme of this section? <clears throat> oh, man. So, I mean, I know it's religion, I know it's Eastern religion, and I no i hear india and tibet and so i think like i don't know indian subcontinent religion. like you are right on it yeah you're you are
0: it's it's one word that oh, i keep no. thinking there's no way he's going to say this word and i, oh, I thought you almost did
1: <laughs> like oh. indian
0: subcontinent
1: <laughs> what am i missing what is it tell
0: so it yeah the 294s yeah as explained by bridgewater college library services my guru when it comes to yeah, this stuff oh, yeah and sponsor f- yeah.
1: religions of indic origin oh, Indic origin i was not gonna come up with indic that's origin. what yeah I, when i when i saw that
0: i thought i'm guessing we don't get that word yeah but you are all the way around it and uh i i give you all the points that you will think without you. getting a hundred percent um this is so i think we've we've been sponsored dewey has sent a few different books on religion to us in the past yeah uh this is one i like because you're you're looking at as you said a number of different religions in uh this one dewey number which is always and forever lunacy to me yeah uh, that you get the 294s yeah. are all of these religions yeah. in the 200s through the 289s and I think even some of the 290s are Christianity. So. Well, listen, he
1: had to he had to make room. He had to yeah. make sure there was enough room.
0: <laughs> we got the 294s, the 299s, that's kind of yeah. that. That's where we're going to put everything we can do. Yeah. But we will say thank you to Dewey number 294 for sponsoring this episode. Welcome back to the podcast. You're in time for my favorite segment, which is, what are you doing? Where I get to ask Greg a very important
1: question. What are you doing? Great question, Dan. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I've been
0: working well, on that I
1: think, one. I, I, I think I talked about this last time that we were going to do an AI lunch and learn. Yeah. And, how did that go? Um, you know, I was pleased with how it went. The attendance was low. Um, but I, I took a lot away from... That and from Margaret and I did kind of a short intro to AI for the librarians as a group. And then this lunch and learn was just in our building at Rocket Summit for the classroom teachers. And so some of the things that I took away from this are, one, I had assumed that everybody had tried one of these chatbots by now. Sure. And from my scientific study (laughs) of these two groups... (laughs) Not only is that not true, but, like, the vast majority had not tried them and didn't even really know what they did. Like, and I'm not saying, like, that I expect them to know how they work? Like, not even that. Like, they just weren't even sure what the capabilities were. Like, what could I get out of this? And so that was fascinating to me. That was one thing that was really interesting. Yeah. And kind of explains, I think, why when I have offered these lessons for, like, classes. Yeah. Uh, teachers have not taken me up on them because I sure. think they just have no idea what we're talking about here. Yeah. So that was one thing. Another thing that was interesting was um, there was a strong uh, sense of like resentment towards these chatbots. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well, they didn't do anything to you, you know. Like, <laughs> but like, it was like a lot of like, well, that's not fair. I had to spend my whole life learning how to make lesson plans. Yeah. And I just I mean like the polite response was and that's great because you still need to use those skills yeah. when you look at the feed or the output, right? Yeah. And you still need to bring your expertise to bear on this output, make it your own, make sure it's not wrong, right? Yeah. Or problematic. Like as side note, I was asking ChatGPT to help me come up with some activities for a lesson we're doing on Monday about self-care and one of the recommendations was to um like do a guided visualization with these kids and i was like i'm just not gonna do that because (laughs) i've worked in a school yeah i work (laughs) in a school with teenagers in no circumstance am i going to like assume that these 39th graders are going to be able to sit quietly through a visualization yeah that was my expertise that i brought to me
0: well (laughs) and but who knows Greg? maybe you're wrong maybe that will change all their lives
1: Maybe maybe, some,
0: maybe what they needed was transcendental meditation and you just <laughs> completely
1: took it from them. I don't know. So like stuff like that. And then also just kind of a, I was I was interested that the people that came to the workshop were worried about, I guess that themselves getting in trouble for using it. And so one thing that came out that I did, I hadn't really thought about but I think is helpful is like, you know, When you submit things to these chatbots, in some way they become kind of fed into the hopper, you know, and like, so submitting student work, probably not the best idea. Submitting personally identifying information, not a good idea. So, I mean, stuff like that, but it was just really interesting. And I I feel frustrated because um, a lot of the things that kind of I keep hearing are these little snazzy sound bites that are like meant to sound so smart and so in you know cutting edge of like well if chatbot if a chatbot can do you know what you're asking your students to do then that's probably a sign you should be teaching something you know and so like there was a little bit of that so anyway I guess that's kind of my quick overview my takeaway is if you're if you haven't approached people in your building about AI this is a real opportunity for you because it doesn't seem like adults are seeking this out to use it unless yeah. or not the majority anyway
0: yeah so that's it so what i've kind of gleaned from small conversations with teachers and and overhearing like in one of my buildings the english office is in the library so okay. uh we end up like chatting with them fairly regularly uh the bits about ai that i'm hearing are people kind of nervous about how do i get around students using it to cheat yeah, um, I haven't heard that side that you're talking about, where people are are concerned that they're using it wrong as adults, right. or that something yeah. uh, is going to cause them an issue.
1: I I guess what I took away from this is it's going to be both harder to convince, let's say people outside education that education has value when a yeah. chatbot can produce things, and so sure. that's a downside, and it's also going to be harder to teach or to get educators to buy into the fact that this can actually be useful. Like I'm just shocked. Like if, if I were a classroom teacher and they have not unblocked it at our school yet, even though they keep saying they're going to, um, I would be all over this. And I would be like, this is your life. This is your, you want to talk about durable skills and like skills that you're going to carry in your career. This is it right here. So like, let's learn how to use it. And Maybe we can still learn how to make an effective argument, right? Maybe yeah. we can still learn how to do all these things that are important that I've been teaching you how to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't have to spend as much time on how to format an MLA citation, right? Yes. Like,
0: yeah. Um, right. Greg, the most important question, though, that you did not answer that I really thought was going to be yeah. your your first uh, thought when answering this question,
1: what did they have for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> we had pizza from... I wanna say it was dominoes. I wanna say it was Domino's. they're usually
0: good on prices for schools. Yeah,
1: I feel yeah. like it was dominoes. There's cheese, sausage, and pepperoni. Not, I mean, no, no specialties. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but yeah, there's
0: standards for a reason,
1: Greg. Yeah, well, it's like yeah. the rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. I mean...
0: <laughs> you are a man of simple tastes and classic <laughs> that's classic <right>. choices. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get into the reader's nook for this month. All right. uh, i really pre- i know that ai stuff is going to continue coming up um i love that you are on the forefront of it greg well just, you are with I so really, many
1: things the vanguard it so many things it really an opportunity for anybody yes. who's listening to this you can go into your go to your administrators go to your teachers and this is an opportunity for you to kind of you know demonstrate some value which is yeah. always part of our work i think
0: nope not for me greg Not (laughs) demonstrating any value at all. Let's get to the Reader's Nook. Okay, here we go. Uh, This month, we're talking about Fade Away by E.B. Vickers. Uh, I will read you this summary here, and then Greg's going to give a long discussion about his feelings uh, (laughs) about this book, or we'll talk about it like we always do. Who knows? (laughs) When a high school basketball star goes missing overnight after thousands watch him secure the title for his team, his best friend, his conflicted ex-girlfriend, and his devastated younger brother search for clues that expose deeply hidden community secrets. Greg, what do we think about Fade Away?
1: All right. My zinger, before we started recording (laughs) I told Dan I was so sad I didn't save for this, I'm still going to use, because I have no qualms about reusing my material. Yeah. is I said, the mystery is, why did I even read this? (laughs) Because I was very disappointed. I, when I saw that this book made the gateway list in the spring I was excited about it when we got copies and I processed it and cataloged it I was excited about it everything about this book the cover the sales copy the first chapter tells you this book is a mystery um and then I read it and it was not a mystery (laughs) and I was like I was just very frustrated with that on top of that, I, it's another issue driven book. And as you and I have talked about in other episodes, like those tend to not do much for me because sure. I feel like the characters end up being kind of always in service yes. of whatever the issue is rather than what, trying to represent how actual humans might be, you know, or yeah. what they might be like. And so, I don't know. I mean, is it terrible? No. Was I disappointed? Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if kids will have the same experience because I I would bet they don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they will. Yeah. Go Why don't you say more about that and talk about what you think?
0: Yeah. So I think uh, this book made me think of two previous gateways. I think one that we definitely talked about and one that we did not uh, from other years. The first one was heroin. Yeah. I thought of that as well. Um, And the other one was, was it you, Something about
1: remembering you. You will remember, or oh, that's isn't that this? No, this year's is. If you were home by, now, you would. Be yeah, home no, by it now, was. so no, I don't know so, the other one.
0: Um, Heroin was a book about a teenage athlete who has an injury and then gets uh, addicted to substances, like that. It right. leads to them, yeah, uh, having an addiction and trying to get through that. I enjoyed that book quite a bit. Um, I thought that that one because you're as you talk about like the the issue driven story where some of the character becomes kind of the, the stereotype or they're the, the, like, look at this, look at this. And I thought that one, it was a person going through a thing and it's a YA book. So it had to kind of dramatize things and and it escalates very quickly and whatever, but it was a, at the heart of it, you were living with the person that was going through the thing, Mm -hmm. this book and maybe what sells it for kids is that, It's told by the three other people mentioned in the summary and what their experience is of their friend being missing, Uh which is the mystery side of the Uh story. They have no idea that the friend is addicted to anything and that this is what's going on. And you add in other teen drama things with like the one teammate who lives a different life than everybody else and he's kind of jealous of these people and and right somewhere in there like the coach is in trouble for some things yeah, and yeah. like it it wrapped up in an there were parts that were I I don't know I felt like it was maybe odd or you could have yeah. done without some of the stuff
1: yeah
0: the idea that this story is about a player dealing with a team dealing with addiction is not the focus of the story for almost the entirety of it. And then it's only about, like, it seems to really be like, well, this is what it was about all along. Right. Like, well, I would have been very interested in either that story where you kind of see what this player and you get a little bit of it, you get some from that character's perspective, but like, what are the pressures on this player and what are the things that the life that he was living and how does, how do all of these things, um, kind of add up. You think like, do you remember Golden Arm? Yeah. Was that last year. Yeah. So like a player who, a young athlete who, because he's so good at the sport, gets kind of taken away from uh, what could be seen as a, a rough life yeah. and kind of moved into this much nicer life. But that's not all it's cracked up to be. And it's like, there's plenty of things going on there. You You could have done something with that here. Like, why is this player seemingly more uh at risk of being uh brought into this world and then you find out well no he's not like there's nothing more at risk about this person yeah because in fact all of these other people living much nicer like i don't know it felt like there could have been less mystery and more dealing with the issue if that's what you wanted to do or you could scrap the the detox side of it yeah. And focus on the mystery of where did our friend go? And then like, Oh, we found him and that's it. Like let, yeah. let us have the mystery side. Yeah. But I wonder if for our, uh, high school readers, and this one was also, uh, one of my sons does book battle. I guess they both do book battle at their schools, ones in middle school. And this book was on their middle school list for book battle. Okay. Um, I will be interested to know what part of the story connected with him. Yeah. Um, as he was reading it, man, I'm not going to remember the name of the book, and I apologize. It's something about remembering in the title. Um, what was it girl, about?
1: What was the book about? Uh, the girl. I know you the, remember. That I know what you remember. Yes, yeah. Where yes, the, it's like, very mom, similar to that.
0: Yes. Yes. yes, where like you think the book is about one thing yes. the entire time, and then you get to
1: the end, and you're like. Wait, yes. that's not
0: what this book was and it's just it it's similar me as to that at the end.
1: And similar to that, I felt like it only worked because the author was withholding information in an artificial way. Yeah. Like in both of those cases I was like, "No, the characters here would know things that you've hidden from us." Yes. You know, and that's the only reason the deception works and th- that was a big frustration. Now, I don't think teenagers bring that kind of reading to a book in the yes. same way that you and i do and yes. so i don't know that they'll have the same objection
0: no and i think that's true i think this might be one of the more popular books right for teenage readers during this yeah. uh, gateway year because yeah it is like you're following this multiple perspective dealing with the police and trying to solve it on your own and trying to do all these things in relationship all of this stuff gets yeah. wrapped up and then at the end this thing happens that because we've read so many of these over so many years. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. It hits us in a different way. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, it was not my favorite of the year right. uh, by any stretch, but I do, I do stand by that. I think that it could be one that's very, I would not be surprised if it yeah. ends up in the top three of the gateway voting, Agreed. Uh, at Agreed. the end of all
1: this. Agreed. 100%.
0: Okay. So that's our thoughts on that one. Um, next month, we're going to go uh, with a real life mystery. That Ooh. was obviously been solved and we figured it was, out. Like then. the shortest mystery of all yeah. time. Like, didn't they figure it out almost immediately? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's, uh, yeah, it was, Um, the story is more, as I was reading it, going like, okay, so now what? Like, what are we, yeah. what are we talking about? Uh, we are going to discuss murder among friends, how Leopold and Loeb tried to commit the perfect crime, which is our first high school dogwood that we'll be discussing this year. I'm going to spoil this a little bit. I really liked it. Um, I think that uh, of the dogwoods that I've read and I've read almost all of them at this point, uh, it was one of my preferred. um, And I think that it's one because it's a crime story and a murder story. uh, I think that our readers and our listeners, the chatterboxes out there that are reading along with us, uh, will enjoy this one if they haven't gotten to it. Right. So that will be next month. Uh, If you have thoughts about fade away by EB Vickers, Uh, Brett Michaels, Brett Daniels, any of the other things that we've talked about this episode, uh, make sure to send us an email at librarymediachatter at gmail.com. We'll be right back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Scratch and Sniff Bookmarks, a great treat for students and librarians alike. The students can enjoy the vague smells of lemons, leaves, or licorice, the librarians can enjoy watching students jam non-smelly bookmarks into their faces <laughs> and pretend to their friends like they smell something <laughs> wonderful. Scratch and sniff bookmarks, fun for
1: all. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we are excited about but have not yet read. So Dan, what is next? For me,
0: what's next uh, is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Uh, It was recommended to me by an English teacher who is considering using it in her class. Uh, I've not read anything else by Whitehead, although I've certainly heard of him. Uh, It's all been positive things. Uh, So this is right at the top of my as soon as I'm done reading nothing but graphic novels pile. (laughs) uh, And I can get back to reading just words and no pictures. Oh, uh, this will be my like late January read when the Denny O'Neill season winds down.
1: Oh man! Well, I am excited to hear about this. This book hasn't been on my list for a while, and I'm a Colson Whitehead fan. I've only read one of them, but I one of his books. but I really liked it, so I'll be Very looking cool. forward to that. Yeah.
0: All right. With that, remember: read responsibly. Use a bookmark.